Welcome to CN Lee Talk Cold Cases. This podcast covers crimes that may be disturbing to some. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to CN Lee Talk Cold Cases. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Christina. So is there anything we need to discuss about uh, last week or any housekeeping things? Um, let me think. No, I'm still working on our website. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I have that ready, I'm basically setting up so it's going to be like kind of like a blog. So you'll have like each episode is going to have its own post. So you can go back and look through the back catalog. Perfect. It's taking me a little while because, well, I'm just not that great with uh, technology. So, um, other than that, uh, no. Okay, perfect. And and you're gonna you're gonna start talking a little slower. Speedy Gonzalez. Yes, I promise. <laughs> yeah, we noticed last episode we recorded. Like, even though I had more information um, on this particular case, I was able to find more, I still had a shorter episode, and we realized it's because I talk so damn fast. And I, I think <laughs> it's just because I get nervous and I start rambling, and then nobody can understand me. So I'm trying to slow down. Good. Good. I'm proud of you. Good. <laughs> and yeah, so, you know, and we're updating our Facebook quite regularly and Twitter. I think you're in charge of Twitter. <laughs> Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not that good at it, but I try to at least get the episodes out. Um we're on, our username on pretty much everything is AC Cold Case Talk. Yeah. Like that's the username on everything and that's actually throwback to when we first titled this oh the american and the canadian talk cold cases and but um, everybody complained it was too long we we op- <laughs> yeah we we opted for a shorter thing but you know the the username kind of fits so it yeah. stayed we're still the american and the canadian so can't take that away from us yeah no that's why it looks all patriotic <laughs> <laughs> let's not we're not going into talk politics <laughs> No, it's American and Canadian. So. <laughs> we like our we flags. Do. Okay, all right. Yeah, all right. So now that that's yes. covered, uh, so where are we headed today? So we are going to head to the small city of Yorkton, Saskatchewan, that as of 2016 had a population of 16,343. Haha, I researched this time. Well, now I can't stop. Exactly. You. I, I, as soon as I saw that we were going to go to a town, I thought, I'm going to research, I'm going to find the population, I'm going to stop her. So we're going to Yorkton, Saskatchewan, to discuss the mysterious disappearance of Michaela Valley. So the information of this episode, there was a lot that I found, I had to condense a lot of it, I also didn't use some of it, because a lot of it was hearsay, or, you know, we'll discuss it later. But uh, the information there is the website that the family has actually put up. And it's all together, no spaces. It's bringmichaelaballyhome.com. There is also information from the True Crime Edition by Megan Ashley on medium.com. 
CanadianInsider.com and a undent- unidentified Wikia uh, page. I guess it's a wiki page um, about Michaela Bally. So it's Michaela underscore Bally and various Reddit feeds. And that's where I found a lot of the theories. So, of course, we'll link those on the page. Missing since 2016, 16-year-old Michaela Bally disappeared after leaving the property of her high school. It is believed that she may have been abducted by someone she met through a social media platform such as Snapchat. Michaela Bally was 16 at the time of her disappearance. She was described as a shy and introverted teen. The evening before her disappearance, she seemed distressed. She asked a friend for a ride to the bank the following morning and talked to another friend about being upset about a boy. She seemed like a very lonely teenager. There was talk of her self-harming ways, as well as other things, on Reddit pages by classmates, people that she had gone to school with. Although she had friends she went to school with, no one seems to know what she did outside of school. Her friends knew she talked to people online, but didn't know many details about who she was talking to or meeting with people she met online. So it was April 12th, 2016. Michaela's mother said nothing was out of the ordinary that morning. They both got up, got ready for school and work, and Michaela was dropped off at the high school by her grandmother around 8 a.m. Michaela checked into the school's Wi-Fi at 8.08 a.m. She was seen by the school's surveillance system to have left the building at by 8.26 a.m. after putting her school things from her bag into her locker. Her ex-boyfriend messaged her, asking why he wasn't in their first class, and Michaela said she was on the other side of town. Upon leaving school, she walked to the nearest TD bank. She arrived before it was opened and she was seen waiting at the front. When it opened, she withdrew $55 from her account and headed to a pawn shop to sell a silver ring. The pawn shop owner recalls Michaela and said the ring had little value and he didn't buy it from her. He also noticed she was quiet and didn't seem in distress. From the pawn shop, she headed south. Around 9 a.m., she entered a Tim Hortons restaurant and sat there for a while on her phone. She was likely at Tim's to use the Wi-Fi. Do you know how hard it is for me not to say Timmy's? Because that's what we call Tim Hortons up here. It's Timmy's. I think we can call it now. That now. Because you you said that. So now we can call it Timmy's. Okay. So from now on, Tim Hortons is now known as Timmy's. And if they can't remember that then that's, that's not our not the, fault exactly they can use the links to find so anyway she sat there for 13 minutes continually glancing at the entrance behind her so it sounds like she was waiting for someone that's yeah that's yeah. kind of the impression i got yeah so when she left the restaurant surveillance captured her walking around various stores, walking through parking lots, and at one point she was had her phone to her ear and is talking into her phone. Phone records indicate she was using a third-party app like FaceTime call feature as she had no cell phone records matching a call at that time. She re-entered the same 
Timmy's at 9.55 a.m. She messaged a friend, hey, I need help. But 20 minutes later, right before she left the restaurant, she messaged that friend again and said, never mind, I figured it out. Curious. Very curious. Yeah. So while she was in the restaurant, Michaela asked a stranger to help her book a hotel room. She had previously mentioned to friends she wanted to go on a vacation to Regina, Saskatchewan. I live there. I don't know why she would want to come vacation here, but. (laughs) I know why I would want a vacation there. I know you would, because I'm here, (laughs) but I live here. (laughs) So other friends heard her say she wanted to go to Moose Jaw, Prince Albert, or Saskatoon, all larger cities near to the small community she lived in. Her friends said that Michaela would often talk about leaving town to get away to a bigger city, but they didn't pay too much attention to her most recent ideas as they assumed she was dreaming. Her friends said that she made a habit of making friends online, using social medias such as Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook. In the days before her disappearance, she had mentioned that a friend was coming to meet her. All they knew about this person was that his name was Christopher but I'll mention more about him in the theories. Video footage shows Michaela Bally at the high school on the last day she was seen before her disappearance. She went back to her school around noon, but was only there briefly. At 12.03 p.m., she was seen leaving the school, and that was the last time cameras captured her. Her phone was turned off, or the battery died at 7 a.m. the next day. Since no cameras saw her walking as she had been before, it's assumed someone picked her up. Her grandmother arrived at the school to take her to a violin lesson. At the end of the day, when she didn't come out, Michaela's mother was called. Her mother immediately checked the slush fund she always kept in the house for emergencies. It was untouched. Michaela also didn't take very many belongings with her. The backpack she is seen carrying could only have held a few days worth of clothing. She also, I read some stuff that she also didn't take allergy medication or something. Like she had some sort of medication that she was supposed to take and it was still at the house as well. So I didn't put that in there. I just remembered as I was reading this. So in the months following Michaela's disappearance, some people Michaela had been communicating with online were tracked down. Still, none of them were in the area at the time of her disappearance. So, we are on to the theories next. Do you got any questions, concerns, comments? Yeah, uh, you mentioned she took some money out of her bank, but the mom said that their slush fund money. So, that's like an emergency. Uh, You mentioned that. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 So, that wasn't touched. You said her allergy medication was there and she didn't take a lot of things. To me, it sounds like she's not trying to go away for a long time. Yeah, it seems like, to me, it was like she was planning on, like, going away for the weekend or something. Or, you know, maybe meeting up with a rendezvous. Yeah, like she, yeah, like she planned to come back. Maybe she needed the money for, you know a bus or a meal or something, but she didn't need anything for any long trip. Yeah.
While there are many theories surrounding Michaela's disappearance as well as sightings, most recently as of 2019 in Edmonton, Alberta, Michaela still remains missing. Police are also looking for an adult male who who may have been with Michaela at the bus depot that day. may have information about her whereabouts. Now, I vaguely remember, I think I might have said something in the script about it, but I don't remember, but I do recall when I was researching them talking about seeing footage of her at a bus stop, a Greyhound bus stop. Okay. So I, I maybe when I was editing, I might have deleted it out of there because there was so much information, a lot of repeating information that I might have just got rid of that. So, but although this person is not considered a suspect, police are hoping that he can shine some light on what happened to the team. He also might've just been holding the door for her. So he is, he is described as having dark hair with a scar or scratch below his left eye. He's thought to be about 40 to 50 years old, between five, 10, six feet tall with a stocky build and muscular arms. He has a tattoo on the tricep bicep area of his right arm that appears to be a circle with several designs and multiple colors and another tattoo below the back of his left elbow of a large cross surrounded by orange flames. So Michaela had apparently been texting a male named Christopher. I mentioned him before. Um, He, she told friends that he was planning to visit Saskatchewan Michaela's ex-boyfriend, who she was still friends with, said that Michaela had told him that Christopher was planning to visit the Canadian province to see his mother. When police searched Christopher's home, there was no evidence that he was in Canada during the time that Michaela went missing. Christopher also told CBC News that Michaela had previously attempted suicide and that she had become better. Michaela had reportedly had numerous self-harm scars on her body, possibly from an incisor. So that's, that's a little sad. Wait, what's that? But I'm assuming Wait. like a razor. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was like, I don't know what that is. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to assume that that's a razor. That seems to be what people unfortunately use to self-harm, but I could be wrong. I'm not 100% sure. I thought about looking it up, but I didn't. (laughs) But Michaela was also reportedly texting a boy named Josh. Authorities found someone she knew named Josh that she hadn't seen in a few years. This person is not believed to be the Josh she was texting. Yeah. Further investigations have revealed that she may have been texting people through an app called Kick where your messages can remain private. It's suspected that Michaela had texted someone through this app and may have met them sometime in April. It's also speculated that she may have been kidnapped and brought into human trafficking. So there's... Which happens a lot in these cases. And yeah, there's, you know, it's it's a big thing. It was a big thing then, and it's an even bigger thing now. So as women... You know, I always say you got to keep your eyes and ears open, watch your surroundings, change your paths. Don't always take the same route like we discussed in your last episode. Exactly. Uh, So there's 
Also, theories, like, these ones are kind of the ones that I heard or I read from the classmates or people who knew the family. So this is kind of some speculation, but there was a lot of people that talked about this, that her mother was controlling and trying to control the, um, the narrative around, you know, everything and swearing Michaela's few friends to secrecy and not to speak to the media. But like I said, this is a bit of a hearsay about people in the area, you know, from them that knew the Bally family. Um, okay. So there's, uh, there, the dad, he's also around, but he wasn't with the family. Like she was a single mom, apparently had multiple children, the mother of Michaela from different dads. Again, one of these things, you know, a little bit of small town gossip, but the reason why he wasn't around was because the mother was upset. He wouldn't go to church with them. So she liked to control things, but again, hearsay. Okay. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to slander a mother that's how has a missing child, but her mother, Paula Bally remains hopeful that Michaela will be found. Paula doesn't believe that her daughter had meant to leave for an extended amount of time and thinks she may have fallen victim to a human trafficking operation, which is what we kind of touched on before. Right. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, If you have, you know, there's any information, I'll, I'll, I'll list off the different organizations and stuff that you can give information to but the family is offering a 50,000 I do believe reward for her safe return with of course conditions and stuff like that but they they're really wanting their girl right, back. Right. So I'm just going to give a little description of her. Of course it's been a few years since she's gone missing but Michaela at the time of the disappearance was 16 years old. She would be around 20 years old today. Her height was five foot two, weight was at around 114 pounds. She had long ash blonde hair. I also saw that she, her hair was possibly a reddish tinge as well. And she had blue eyes with a tiny scar on her right earlobe and possibly wearing green or a teal glasses. Her outfit was described as blue jeans, burgundy jacket a teal infinity scarf, embroidered burgundy boots, a ruby gemstone ring, and carrying a blue plaid backpack. It is also believed she could be using the name Michaela, and I'm not sure how to pronounce this, Nybergal. She apparently, I saw another thing, that she had a lot of aliases online. So I just kind of went down to this because she had different screen names, different spellings of her names, different that. But I just... I mean, that's what I did, too. When I was that age, Yeah, I had tons of different screen names. And identities. And I never, you know, I never used my real name. I would, you know, be like Christina Smith or Christina Jones or whatever. Oh, gosh, yeah. You know, I'd I'd just change it up. Yeah, that's the same thing here. Yeah. So so we'll go here. Any information there may be to find Michaela. To please call Saskatchewan Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. Also, the RCMP 
um, at one eight four four eight eight zero six five one eight, and they even have a reference case for the RCMP that if they do, like if you have any information, you can email the RCMP. So of course we'll put the links, obviously, and all the information and that. Uh, it's RCMP dot F B A L I dot G R C at RCMP dash G R C dot G C dot C A. <laughs> That's a mouthful. A lot, a lot yes, of R's and M's and T's. Yes. Um, the reference case number is 201-643-0186. And the family themselves also have an email that you can infer, uh, send information tips to. It's Miracle Michaela, which is M-E-K-A-Y-L-A at gmail.com. So they, the family has a lot of information going around, you know, to hopefully find her, bring her home, hopefully alive. Exactly. So, um, while of course, Michaela is not a woman of indigenous descent. Like you said, in the last episode, we have chosen this season that a portion of the proceeds from each episode will be donated to the missing and murdered indigenous women, Canada and us. Because of course, uh, so many Indigenous women and children go missing and murdered in every year, and we just cannot let their cases go cold. So. That was a lot. Yeah. It, it, it was. That, that's. There was a lot of information, but like I said, you know, a lot of it seemed like small town fodder gossip. And I, yeah. I didn't want to disrespect the family by using that yeah but it's also it's just it's such a what's the word i'm looking for it's it's such a common thing like as soon as social media started popping up um you know fake accounts and snapchat where messages can disappear like a lot of um human traffickers will use these methods to find their victims and that's scary and grooming you know Um, she could have been talking to someone that was complete if she was as in a vulnerable state that everyone was saying she was in Mm -hmm. she could have been groomed and just so vulnerable and you know it's it's scary well i remember i was about 17 and i had this friend on aol um and you know he might have been who he said he was who knows but I talked to him, like, every day, and I, you know, told him things about my life. I didn't give him all the information because I was still paranoid. But, you know, I told him things about my life, and then we were supposed to meet when I went to Florida one year. And I it wound up not happening. And honestly, that was probably the best thing in the world that could happen, yeah. was him not being there. Because who knows who I was talking to? I was, like, 17. Well, <laughs> I have a similar story. I was 16. And, you know, my friends and I, we were on Alamac chat, if that takes you back a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. And we were talking to these guys from out of town. And we decided one night they were going to come down to our town that we lived in. Or I was, sorry, I was staying at a friend's place. And 
we we met these guys. And they actually thank God they turned into, you know, they were normal, decent guys. They were 17 and I think a 19 year old or something. But, you know, we ended up hanging yeah. out with them for two nights and we got in a lot of trouble from our parents when they found out. And, you know, it, uh, I look back and as a mother now, I see how stupid that was. How absolutely stupid that was. Because yeah. they could have been, you know, they could have been someone with ill intentions. Yeah. Exactly. And, and like you said, we see it a lot nowadays, especially with the rise of social media. Yeah. And it's so easy to hide who you really are online. Exactly. You could go online and say you're someone else and everyone still have someone eating out of your hand in five seconds. You get the right pictures and the exactly. right words. It is like, I say, you know, as a mother, I look at things so much differently now that I did when yeah. I was a teenager myself. And I think like my son, he doesn't, he's 12 and he doesn't go on social media. He doesn't have social media. He doesn't, I even monitor, he'll play roadblocks and I'll monitor that because yeah. I just, I just don't trust anyone. That, that is 100% why I learned how to play Minecraft. Yeah. Because I knew my kid was going online and playing, so I'd just be like, oh, can I play Minecraft with you? Yeah. And, I mean, she didn't mind. Yeah. You know, but it, it was kind of my way to protect yes. her from anyone. And I have caught people. She would, but she would tell me, she would, mom, this person's messaging me and like asking me for pics. And then, you know, I'd go tell them yeah. off. But you know, not every kid does that. Not every kid has that relationship. With well, their exactly, and that's that's the thing is you you need to, as a parent you need to have that you know communication and and such. And I I think back to you know my my parents and that they knew that I was staying at my friend's place, but they didn't know where we were. And it wasn't uncommon for us to just take and pile into someone's vehicle and go, you know, off-roading and stuff like that. But <laughs> the fact that we got in a vehicle yeah. with men, we, I guess, well, yes, they were pretty much men. We didn't know <laughs> and hung out yeah. with them alone. And, and they brought us alcohol. Mm, so, yeah, you know, we took a lot of risks and we still talk about it to this day, how... Because we're all mothers now. And we think, wow. Yeah. Like, that was really dumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, social media is extremely dangerous, even even for adults. It is dangerous. But. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it really just, is. And too many people take advantage of other people's mental health. And that's another big key thing is. It sounds like Michaela mm -hmm. did have some mental health issues yeah. and you know, it, it's just, it's heartbreaking because you got to wonder where that poor girl is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it's like, you, you want to hope she is still alive, but a lot of times that's just not yeah. the case. And that's, that's tragic. It's very tragic. She was so young. And for them to be seeing her, yeah, like a woman that looks like her all the way in Edmonton 
Well, Edmonton from Yorkton is, well, from Regina, it's about an eight-hour drive, eight, nine-hour drive. So oh, God. it's, I think, I think it's a pretty, it's pretty, maybe, maybe seven, eight hours from Yorkton, but that's still a long way for that girl to end up. So she might yeah. not even be there. You know, she might not even be in Saskatchewan. Who knows where she is? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, I just, I would really hope that, uh, she gets, she gets found. I just, I just want the family to have closure. So that's, yeah. And that's, whoever took her, they need to be brought to justice. Yes, absolutely. That, uh, I, I agree with because no one needs, no one needs that and no one needs to be because who knows how many other people that person has groomed and taken advantage of. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. So everybody, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. We'll be on the ball. We'll see you next week when we tell you a story about who are we going to talk about next week. Uh, We're going to be talking about Vanessa uh, honey Malone. Perfect. Um, I do have some, yeah, I do have some updates on, on that that I will get into next week. It looks like they have arrested somebody, Oh, nice! but I'm still kind of looking into it. So that's where we'll be next week. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we'll see you then. And for now, bye.